right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And we hope you all had a Merry Christmas. I uh, hope you guys had safe travels and everything of that nature. I hope things that went well, however you guys celebrate. If you celebrate, if you see family, friends, we hope that in the least that you were able to get time off at some point and enjoy it. So uh, we find ourselves here in the middle of bowl season. It's a little weird always around uh, Christmas and New Year's because we have to balance and find a time that we can record and do all this stuff. But a uh, thing that we won't forget this week is what we've been doing on a regular basis now. So get your thinking caps on, get your brains warmed up, and get ready because Craig is going to drop it like it's hot. <sighs> yeah, right? I think most people are like recovering from Christmas today, aren't they? Yeah, that, that would be today. Something in recovery mode. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I know I am. So I, you know, I don't know. You, do you have the week off? Uh, yeah, I've got. got I always, off? I always save up my vacation, but also I have a huge project in the month of December. So basically, I can't start taking vacation until that project is done. So I right. think I'm actually going to lose vacation before the year oh. ends. So you have one of those places that they don't cut you a check if you miss if you accumulated too much vacation time. No, they will transfer once you've worked long enough, which I, okay. the longer you work there, the more you can transfer from one year to the next. So uh, I, I'm going to be able to transfer some, but I still think I saved plenty that I'm going to wind up losing a day or two. Yeah. I'm kind of stuck in the same position you were where I ran out of, I had quite a bit of time. So I had to take here a couple of days here and there throughout the month of September. But yeah, mine flows into I believe March, where if I don't take the rest of my days within March, I lose them. So, okay. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, you got to get that vacation. <clears throat> yeah. You got to get that vacation to, you know, recover and eating bad and presents and getting up early with the kids and especially your kids, man. You got youngins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but on that subject, of vacation, eating, not so great. Here's something interesting I saw that says, did you know that an average person, the average person, person a year breathes in and out 8 million, 409,600 times. Can you believe that? Breathe, breathing? Yeah. Huh. Breathe on average about eight million, about eight million four hundred and nine thousand six hundred times. Interesting. That that is one that kind of sounds like something that would maybe come up in a trivial or a yeah. trivia something. I think I blew half that through Christmas. <laughs> yeah, eating bad and breathing hard. <laughs> it's like right panicking, anxiety to get everybody the presents you want and. I'm wondering if uh, it, that'll be really big in January, since usually everybody's like, "Oh, I gotta work out." It's January. Oh, that's that's a good point too. Yeah, you got you know that New Year's thing coming up, and then yeah, you got people on the treadmills and trying to lose weight, and right. 
Yeah, eight billion or eight million a year, and in the month of January, everybody does at least one million. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, maintain. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much that is like players and bowl games and stuff like that. So playing yeah. hard, so trying to win. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. eight million times. That's a lot, dude. Yeah, I wonder. It, always those things. I mean, of course, it's probably uh, you know they do the averages and yeah, you know, they they do it by year. I don't know how they, so yeah, they probably track it by day, week or something, then do calculations and all of that. Fun yeah. I'm guessing they probably took one person. They hooked something up and said, Hey, we'll pay you money. If you keep this on for a year, <laughs> <laughs> you look like an average guy <laughs> or a woman. You look like an average man or a woman. I'll pay you to hold and be like, I don't know. I'm not sure I can do that for a whole year. So yeah, that would be intense. intense. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I feel so. smarter already. Yeah, no kidding, man. Good so. good to know. Good to know. Yep. So, well, speaking of, like you were saying, players and bull games, we've got plenty to talk about today. So let's move over to uh, the football conversation. There it is. Got to get pumped. Got to get ready. One more game. One more game, man. One more game. And uh, we have to prepare, get our heads on straight, and make sure that, well, I guess I have to make sure I don't mess up things again. But we have voicemails. That's great. Yes, we do. And I, I did not forget. I will not forget. Because, um, like I said, for whatever reason, it's not notifying anymore. So now I just have to check it on a regular basis. And if I see correctly here... From what uh, I pulled up on Google Voice, I think we have three voicemails, and I'm pretty sure that they're all coming up for uh, the bowl game conversation. But we'll go ahead and pull those up here, listen to the voicemails, and then Craig and I will dive into the uh, bowl game preview for Michigan versus Florida. So here is our first voicemail that we have for this week. Merry Christmas, Caleb and Craig. This is uh, Ray from Tampa. So I've been listening to the show, been contemplating how I want to put this out there and how I want to say what I want to say. Um, first season, first, we had a great time. Um, there is not one, not one analyst have predicted this. From the beginning of the season, that we would win ten games, not one. Most of them didn't predict us to win nine games. Everyone actually had us around the eight, seven mark. The only games that they had that was a toss-up for us losing was either Notre Dame or Michigan State. But everyone predicted us to lose against Penn State. Wisconsin, um, Ohio State. And I'm one of those people coming into the season. I predicted us to have nine wins. Seeing being where we are right now, having 10 wins, that's awesome. But I did not predict us to look 
the way that we are. One of the best things that I like to see is I like to see progression. And yes, from last season, eight and five to ten and two right now, that's progression. But I consider that improvement. Progression is what we saw from last year's offensive line to this year. Progression is what we saw from the wide receiver position. Progression is what we saw in the depth at running back. Progression is the quarterback situation. From the Ohio State game, one thing that I can say that Jim Harbaugh learned is, yes, we have talent. We need more talent, but we have talent. But we do not have the necessary speed at every position that Ohio State has. And this recruiting season, that is what he went and got. He literally went and looked at players who fit our mold but also can produce speed. I do think there's going to be some tweaks in uh, in offense for the bowl game. I do think there's going to be a lot more things that open up for next year. Oop, I think that was the end of that. So uh, let me see. I think, uh, so, yep, I think he, so the second voicemail is actually his, so let's go ahead and pull that one up and then see if he can finish uh, what he was saying. Hey, this is Ray. I got cut off. Um, I do think there's going to be tweaks along everything, and I do think uh, uh, there are going to be some, some coaching changes outside of the Matt Boyan one that we saw. But we had a lot of progression. And anyone, anyone who says that after last season, that this year, that they expect to have 11, 12 wins battling for the college football playoff, they're lying to themselves. Because after I saw the end of 2017 season, All I thought was that we were going to be better, but we would be battling for a, a spot in the Big Ten championship game, not in the college football championship game. No one could say that they expect 10, 11 wins, 12 wins this season. And if you did, then you weren't really looking at the team and you didn't, you didn't understand what was going on or building. But now we actually have depth. Now we're actually building. Now we're we're going in the right direction towards where we want to be at. But what I can see, win the bowl game or not, next year, with the way that our offense is, and we're only really losing two, maybe three pieces off the offense, next year, we should be aiming at 12 wins. Next year, we should win the Big Ten. And we should be in the college football playoff. But those are my thoughts. I just wanted to, to put things out there. I've been sitting here listening to 
uh, your podcast as well as many others, and um, everyone wants to say that the season is a failure. I can't say the season is a failure because from last year's season, the season is a success. Yes, we wanted to win the Big Ten Championship. Yes, we wanted to be in the college football playoff. But if you look at last year, coming into the season, no one was expecting us to win the Big Ten Championship. We just started reeling off wins, and our beliefs started coming in. What well, Our wants started coming into fruition. But um, I do believe that Big Ten Championship is a lot closer. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. Love your show. All right. Thank you, Ray, for those calls. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Yeah, so um there you go. Yeah, the uh I know a lot of people label it as a failure and everything. I don't I, we talked about it I think a little bit before where it's a little, see we always thought that that word was a little strong. Yeah, I mean I get it if, and, Yeah, and if I was a coach I would probably feel differently and everything, but just kind of I don't know, step standing back and analyzing and everything and I I don't know if I want to say I try to rationalize things, but I don't know. I mean, Ray brought up a lot of good things, you know, considering how last season went and what people's honest expectations were for this year. I know we, I think you and I both pegged it as a one loss season, regular season. And here we are sitting at two losses. Most play, people were looking at easily three or more losses. Um, But I would... If Michigan wins against Florida, I would definitely not label it as a failure. If they lose, I would. Yeah, this is. I, I might. I might put it as a failure. I still. I don't know. I don't use. I don't know. It, 2000, 2017 was a failure season. That's yeah. easy to you're, say. You're, well, to me, it sounds like you're where I'm at, where. And I think a lot of Michigan fans are, uh, they're like on the, like they're struggling to figure out the right words and they're struggling to say, it's not a failure. It's an improved year. I, I actually like what Ray said there. I actually, I like the words he used saying it's an improved year than last year. Of course it was. I mean, anybody doubts that is ridiculous. You know, Michigan, what top five, number one defense in the country. Um, again, so Improved year, of course, but, you know, failure is a tough word because you are coming in each year trying to say, I'm going to win the Big Ten championship and we're one game away. You know what? I, I would say this. The word failure gets used probably because it's such a strong word and maybe it fits a little bit in this situation because of the very fact is the way we went out on how we lost against Ohio State it wasn't a close game. You know, it wasn't, it was a blowout. Michigan got beat up and down, got out coached, got outplayed on all facets of that game. And it was a failure. At, it was a failure to play Ohio State tough in the way Michigan plays. And so we lost college football championship. We lost the Big Ten um, and again in the playoffs and things like that. So there was a, yeah, there's a lot of, compiling of things that we couldn't accomplish because of that game. So ultimately I'm going to throw it in the failure because of the very fact of how Michigan played that game. So 
Yeah, and I can see why you say that. And I think I've said this too before, where it's just like they keep saying progress, 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 you know, advancing and things like that. And so we, uh, Harbaugh started off with two 10 win seasons, which obviously that was um, progress. And the second year, 2016, was even better than 2015. Um, I mean, the record didn't really show it, but I mean, you know, what happened now, Ohio State and could have, should have happened, you know, there was a chance there compared to the year before things, so on and so forth. I mean, I know it wasn't because Michigan ended then on a uh, bowl game win, but lost uh, in 2016, but I guess that's besides the point. But my point is that if they can get the 11 wins, that would be, yeah, you know, essentially advancing uh, in a way to show progress. I know it's not Big Ten title. I mean, they tied first for the division and things like that. And I, and I'm saying this for me. I'm not saying that this is what everybody needs to think or anything like that. But and I think this is essentially what we've kind of had to drag ourselves out of because of everything that's happened before. Where it's just like unless you do things in a uh, not proper way, you're not going to turn a place around in a year or two. And so I've been, yeah, would I like Big Ten championships? Absolutely. But uh, I just want to see constant moving forward and everything. And we know the hurdle that was Urban Meyer and everything. So it is what it is. If Michigan wins, I would definitely not label as a failure. If they lose, I mean, I get that on how people put it, especially coaches where it's just like, we want to win our conference. We want to go to the conference. Uh, we want to go to the big or not the big 10, the uh, college football playoff. And if they don't do that, then it's a failure. So, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So let's, um, yeah, we might have to reapproach that and kind of have that same discussion essentially after the fact. Right. I agree. But uh, let's go ahead and talk more than about the bowl matchup and everything, since that's kind of what we feel this hinges on. Uh, Coming up this Saturday, December 29th at noon in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia, number seven, Michigan with a 10 and two record will be playing number 10, Florida with a nine and three record where Michigan is favored. I currently have down for my, um, app source, whatever you want to say as a six point favorite for Michigan with the over under of 50 and a half. Right. So fifth meeting between these two. And of course this fourth matchup between Florida and Michigan in a bowl game, right? Man, we play these guys a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Florida, uh, Florida's looking to take their wins into double digits under Dan Mullen's first year Mm -hmm. as their head coach. Uh, and then Michigan is on the side of sh- they're trying to show and prove that they are improving over time, that they can indeed finish the season with a win, which they haven't been able to in the last two seasons, as well as um, have the first time with 11 wins under Jim Harbaugh, that, which would be the first 11 win season for Michigan yeah. since 2011. So, yeah, I think it's the 10th t- time in school history. Do you know that? 10th? 10th. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not goals history that Michigan's could go have eleven wins. It's kind of that's one of those things that facts that I went, you know, whoa. I thought maybe we'd have more than that, but no, this will be eleventh time or tenth time. I mean, in school history, that will be eleven wins if we win this bowl game. So. Yeah, and I know that it's a little skewed and everything because, I mean, how long was it before they even played more than 10 games yeah. in a season? Right. Um, so there aren't a lot of opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I this think- is the first, I believe this, uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on. I think this is the first time Michigan's ever been in a Peach Bowl. So. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if I. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't think they started playing um, 11 or seasons with more than 10 games until like the 70s. Right, right. So, yeah, I think there's like 12. I believe this is the 12. Michigan's been in 12 different bowl games in their in their college history. So, really, that well, uh, I mean, they did do the Rose Bowl like all the time. Yeah. Oh nope, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just kidding. I was looking at some of the numbers. The earliest that I can see that they played uh, more than 10 games was actually like the 1900. Uh, so 1901 to 1910, they had a couple. So, right, right, right. So, so I guess they I mean, have been doing it a while. And you and I have talked about this too, kind of for a couple weeks now after the Ohio State game. We've talked about since they announced – that Michigan will play Florida in the Peach Bowl. And we've kind of mentioned that here and there, and now we're really kind of going to dig into it, is how you and I are kind of on the same page. And I don't know where Michigan fans are going to be, and I know a lot of people are going to say it's a meaningless bowl game. We've got lots of players that are out. We've got Higdon. we got Rashawn Gary. Um, in fact, we just had JBB announce just <laughs> – that he's going to be out now, uh, undisclosed reasons. We don't know why he is out. That's what's a little odd with the, all this. I know he was hurting throughout the year a couple times, but uh, on the offensive line, um, Stuber will probably take his place there. But um, who else? Uh, uh, well, th- yeah, there was Bush, Gary, Higdon. Right. Now, yeah, and now JBB's out. So I think there are four or five players out. But, um, but yeah, you and I were talking about how you got guys that are really worried about the draft and you know they want to maintain their health. And you and I said that we can respect that, and we do. We respect their decisions to do it. You know, and Rashawn Gary be a high draft pick, um, as long and some of the other guys will too. But um, we also mentioned how this isn't a meaningless bowl game to you and me. And what I mean, what are your thoughts on? And I liked how you put it, is why this is actually an important game for Michigan to win, this bowl game. Yeah, well, it's not, um, it, it's not a meaningless game. I know a lot of people put don't put a lot of stock in everything in the bowl games and everything if it's outside the college football playoff or if it's not the Rose Bowl or something like that. And I, I mean, I kind of get in everything, but still, you know, we were saying on how Michigan's had two years in a row that they've finished with losses yeah and you know especially with how every year it's been losing to ohio state so essentially the past two years you're looking at 
at least two losses in a row, if not more, because um, yeah. the year of what was it, Iowa, Ohio State, then Florida State, I think it was, um, that Michigan lost to. So it's just like it needs it. That dialogue needs to change. I mean, that will affect some people's, uh, some recruits and players' views and things like that. And you know, I mean, if you're if you're really a good coach and everything, even in different circumstances, yeah, it's gonna suck when you're missing your. Uh, one of the best players on your defensive line, when your be- your best linebacker and your best running back for sure, and then one of your best tackles. So yeah, you're gonna be a uh, it's gonna show a disadvantage and everything, but you should also be able to coach uh yourself out of cer- certain circumstances. So it it is important for different reasons to different people. I mean, obviously fans want to see it because they want to see you know, one more good game before the season's over. So, yeah, no, and I agree. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, all those points you made are really valid. It's just the fact is, you know, we're, we're going to Michigan loses this game. I don't, I don't believe Florida has any players that are out of this game coming up. So that'll be interesting. But uh, the fact is if Michigan loses this bowl game, we're, we're talking about three bowl games in a row. And, and like you said, it, it, you had, you know, a couple years ago, you'll have three losses in a row and then you'll have two losses in a row. And this one will be two losses in a row. And it just perception out there. This is a perception game. It's out there saying, look, this is a bowl game. You got to win. I mean, I remember last year. And I know, I know it's surface. OK, and I know people are going to say it's a meaningless game and I get that. I understand that this, you know, it's all revenue driven. You know, you're going to get money. The other teams are going to get money. Uh, fans get money, you know, as far as they're paying, getting shirts and merchandising and things like that. And I, you and I are part of. But and I get that. But I'm telling you, um on the surface level, it's important for Michigan, I think, to win this game because of those factors that you've mentioned. And um, you can't walk out. I always said last year when living around East Lansing, which I do, I remember how Michigan State fans, yeah, they're a funny bunch, but I remember them saying, well, at least we didn't scar the Big Ten. We At least we won our ball game. <laughs> and... And I remember everybody was winning their bowl game except Michigan. It, they lost. And it's got, you know, it was like a blemish on the Big Ten and their bowl game and how they did and how they fared against other teams. And the Michigan loses it. And I went, man, it, and that's a surface thing to look at. It is. And yet I don't I want to walk away and say, man, we won our bowl game. There's no way our rivals can say anything about that, you know, and. Yeah, it, is it meaningless? Yeah, you're not going to walk away with anything. But at least you're going to say Michigan won their bowl game. They did well. They played great. They balled out after that drubbing they got from Ohio State. But uh, And they took it to Florida, and they won. It's a good note to walk out on at the end of the season to start the next season fresh, right? I mean, yeah, that's they, I- they need, yeah, they need something to hang right. their hat on since – Ohio State and Notre Dame was a flop. I mean, considering they had three rivalry games this year and they went one, one, two in the rivalry games and they finished off with that embarrassing look against Ohio State, they need something positive. And of course, it seems like 
and like you said, you know, we understand that there are different circumstances for different players. Uh, Bush Obedi didn't play against Ohio state because of some, uh, injury, because of injury issue with Indiana. So that yeah. could be very well tied to this, that he's not hundred percent, uh, something of that sort, but yeah, they'll, I mean, all the players that are on this list have dealt with injury at some certain point. Higdon missed the game this year or yeah, he missed a game, uh, this year because of injury. Gary was out for a while and Bush having his issues after the Ohio state game with his hip. So they have their different things. And I mean, it makes sense. You can't really blame them. Do you have to be happy about it? No, but also you're not the one making the decisions for them. It's not going to be easy, but I'll go back to and say they, they need something. They need this win probably more than ever considering how things ended with Ohio state. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I, I look, I think you got key guys. Look, now there's some seniors, there's leadership that are going to be gone, Higdon and um, Gary and people like that. But you got a good core there. I think Winovich is obviously, I think Winovich is playing. So, but then, you know, to secure that leadership on defense, but, you know, Shea coming back to Michigan and wanting to play. And I think that's huge because if you, if Shea would have left or said, hey, you know, I'm skipping the bowl game to focus on uh, the NFL and going into the draft and he isn't playing, then you're going to have to get what you'd have probably more than likely Peters and a little bit of Milton in there uh, playing, which doesn't bode too well <laughs> against this Florida team who's actually, like you said, Mullins has done a terrific job of taking a team that was average last year and now they're doing really, really well. Um uh, a good balance team. And um, to me, I think having Shea there is really helpful in getting that ball moving. Um, now, my thing would be obviously saying, you know, what, you know, what is the running game going to be with Higdon? Higdon's been your workhorse. What is that combo between Evans and then obviously True Wilson getting in there um, going to do this team? Obviously, the dynamics is going to be different. But I think True Wilson's kind of like a – a lower version of Higdon. I think he's he's a power back. He's really good at it. But I think, do you think, let's put it this way, Caleb, do you think Harbaugh is going to stick to the run, the pound, run pound game and just kind of, you know, do a little read option here and there and not really pass the ball downfield and kind of, you know, stick to what he's been doing all year? Or is he going to do something different? I think he needs to do something different. I, I, I hope I he does something I, I different. Agree. Yeah, open open it up. Yeah. Yeah, considering that nothing is the way that has been for the whole regular I mean, okay. Cuz you're losing Higdon who had over 1100 yards and he was like you said the power back, the guy who could, you know, knock one guy over and get, you know, around 5 yards or something, plow through a couple people something like that. So now you don't really have anyone that that's their specialty. You've got a couple people that might be able to do something like that every once in a while, but they haven't been playing all year. They're not going to produce like that, that Higdon has obviously since he's your best running back, they're right. not going to wear down the defense like Higdon could. Uh, even though I would say that when Michigan tried to do that, sometimes it still wasn't productive. So they should recognize one. It hasn't always been productive again, especially against the better teams. 
and two, we can't even do it anymore because our power back is no longer available. So it does. I think they need to see something different and do something different. So I'm hoping that will be the case. If not, then it could be a very long, frustrating afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then, like you were saying, obviously Bush not being there, too. I totally forgot about him, too. But the anchoring that um, linebacker position. So, but um, that's the thing is I, 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 would, I would expect to you watch Jim Harbaugh in this game to use Evans a little bit more in the pass, passing game. Um, I really hope they don't use Evans as your all around back because I don't think he's that, you know, he doesn't, he's not the ground and pound kind of running back. True Wilson is, um, maybe you see a little bit of Christian Turner, uh, heard some good things and even Harbaugh praised that he's had a good camp and he's doing really, really well, which would be good to see him in there in the mix with Samuels gone and uh, players like that. But I think you'll see him a little bit in there, but, uh, I think that one, two combo between Evans and, um, and um, True Wilson would be great. Uh, Evans is just Evan. We get Evans in space with some of that passing with the, when the pocket breaks down and a little read option out, and then you have Shea dumping the Evans, and you get him out there in space. Like you were talking, we were saying from sideline to sideline, he's deadly. But when you start running him between the tackles, you know he has a tough time. You know, unless there's some huge holes, uh, Evans won't be able to. I guess ground and pound and, and get those extra yards that Higdon did. So, and that'll be true Wilson's job to do that. But uh, I think you need, you need to get those guys in space, man. You got to get Evans in space to do stuff. So I guess I think Evans was doing really well in the past couple games when they were using them and then they went away from them. So I think they got to use them a little bit more in this game. Well, he was uh, kind of surprised some people with how well he did in the Ohio state game. Yeah, oh, which oh. was part of the passing game and some yeah. of the cuts he had and everything to the outside. So, yeah, I think he'll have an opportunity to do some stuff. But, yeah, it's not this does not look like it's going to be a ground and pound game like it was unless they really focus on. Um, uh, with using the fullback position more. So who knows? Maybe maybe they'll do that. But um, some key things to point out, and I'll try to punch through this here quickly. Um, to bring people a little up to speed on Florida, uh, three their three losses came uh, actually all at home, I believe, unless someone uh, one was a neutral site. But I think these were all at home against Kentucky by 11 points, against Georgia by 19, and against Missouri, surprisingly enough, by 21. In all those losses, no, they didn't have anyone rush for over 100 yards in any of those. And two of the three losses, they didn't put up more than 150 passing yards. Right. Their key wins were against LSU by eight points, and they beat South Carolina, which was uh, one of their last three games, and they shut them out in the fourth quarter and scored 14 for a comeback win. So that was kind of a big – I know South Carolina is not the greatest team, but for them to be able to do that and accomplish that, that was kind of big for them um, to be able to help them finish their season off with nine wins. Uh, we already talked about the players out for Michigan. Michigan's actually leading the nation with the number of players out for the bowl game. Uh, Florida has, is expecting that they will have a full roster for their team. Uh, we mentioned about some of the fillers, uh, Quiddy pay, 
uh, who's done well and stepped in and everything. You can expect that. I don't here. Here's a question, I guess. Who do you think is going to be the, yeah. the one that is quote unquote missed the most or the most difficult to plan around not being on the field Saturday, uh, Gary Higdon Bush, or I guess now Bush Obeyty. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I'm not going to put uh, JBB there because Stuber's moved in in that position. He did all right. Um, I think he'll get better. Um, I think Quiddy Pay is going to do really, really good. He's had some significant playing time. Uh, we've seen a lot of speed out of him. I think he'll do really good with Gary out. Um, to me, I'm going to put probably my eggs in the Higdon basket because how much Higdon really meant to this team and how much extra yardage he gets. I think True Wilson's a good running back. He isn't great. He isn't. He doesn't have that dynamic running power that Higdon had. He had that, you know, that size, speed, uh, all that combination. Uh, Higdon's just a once in a, you know, couple year kind of running back that comes in and fills in nicely. And at, we haven't had a running back like him in quite a while. Um, so I, th- I would put my eggs in um, the Higdon basket, if you want to say. I'd probably go with Bush. Just because how that's, dynamic that's he is. That's one on the line pack. He was such a threat. I mean, yeah, speed, yeah. I definitely edge. say it'd be between Higdon and Bush, but I'd probably say Bush just because I think there are multiple players that can step in uh, for Higdon and you know bring their versatility in and their different dynamics and be able to produce. I don't. I think the gap is larger for the players that are going to have to step in. For Bush, you know, like Josh Ross getting more playing time and things like that. So, right. Um, but I've got some more numbers here and everything uh, just for people to know. Uh, passing passing offense, Florida is ranked a little higher than Michigan. Uh, they're 77th, Michigan's 83rd. Passing defense, uh, both top 10 defenses as Michigan's number two and Florida's 10th. Uh, there, there are a lot of similarities this year for Michigan to Florida. You'll hear a lot of these and yeah. it's very close because 77 and 83, that's a five, uh, rank difference for the rushing offense. Michigan's 25th, Florida's 27th. Uh, here's a big difference here though, is the rush defense where Michigan comes in ranked 16th and Florida is 72. Yeah. But then, uh, offensive points per game, Michigan's 36, Florida 34. Uh, points allowed per game. Michigan is 17. Florida is 20. I mean, that right there, both teams are ridiculously close. Um, yeah. Here's a little bit bigger of a difference. Uh, the third down conversions, uh, the difference, the margin of difference, Florida is uh, 3% better on offense than it is defense. So they uh, get 3% more, convert 3% more on offense than they do allow on defense. While Michigan has a 17% margin of difference, Michigan has 40 uh, converts 49% while only allowing 32%. So sacks is uh, right spot on. Michigan uh, has 31, Florida has 32. Um, sacks allowed, Michigan has allowed 18, Florida has allowed 15. I mean, so we're like this is neck and neck Oops. practically in some of this stuff because Michigan yeah. tackles for loss. Michigan has 80, Florida has 79. Uh, tackle for loss allowed. Michigan's allowed 43. Florida's allowed 49. 
Uh, here's a bigger difference too. advantage. Florida, Michigan has lost uh, 10 turnovers and gained 17 while Florida has lost 14. Yes. A little bit more, but then Florida has gained 24 turnovers. So wow. anticipate Florida trying to come out and, you know, win the turnover margin and then another small advantage for Florida is their field goal kicking. They have a higher percentage than Michigan does. Now, of course, granted, uh, Michigan making the change at uh, their kicker. So anticipating that Moody will continue to be there moving forward. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Talking about, yeah, our kicking game was a little off in the beginning, about half the season until Moody came in. So, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, here's another number. We're talking about how similar they are. You know, remember when we played Felipe, Felipe Franks in um, the beginning of the year, what, a couple of years ago with Will 20, 26, Yeah, 2016. Look, look at right? these numbers between Shea Patterson and Franks and how similar they are. And we were talking about how close these teams are. Franks has 2,200 yards passing with 23 touchdowns and six interceptions. Shea Patterson has 2,300 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, five interceptions. <laughs> it's like with the margin of what, two touchdowns maybe, a little bit more. <laughs> it's He's got a couple more touchdowns than Shea Patterson, but yet you know fewer interceptions. So these two are like neck and neck almost in yeah. their production. And you like you said, these teams are pretty similar, close. And I've seen Florida. This is a different Florida team. This isn't your McElwain team that we saw. This is a different team. Mullins actually got this team really playing really good. Um, just getting like we were talking about improving, getting better and better. And I think Michigan needs to really watch out because I really believe that Mullins is going to get the Gators to come out and score early and and put you know put it to Michigan. You know. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. And uh, you sharing those quarterback numbers, yeah, there is different. And sorry, it was the beginning of last season. I totally botched that. It was the they played the beginning of 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah. So McIlwain, one year removed. So I mean, players are going to remember him. So there is that interesting dynamic in this game. Uh, yeah. Something to look at uh, for other players to be mindful of. I mean, you'll hear these. Uh, Names come up and everything for Florida. You mentioned the quarterback. Uh, their top two running backs, uh, Perrin and Scarlett, uh, both are over 700 yards each, averaging 5.9 yards apiece, uh, combined for 10 total touchdowns. Uh, so you're going to be hearing their names on Saturday. Um, their main receiver is Jefferson, uh, over 400 yards, over 14 uh Yards on average, six touchdowns by himself. But other wide receivers that you're going to hear about, um, Grimes is a, another target that is commonly used, but Hammond and Swain uh, have combined for nine total touchdowns. So that's uh, s- some guys that Franks is going to be targeting. On defense, you'll hear probably a lot about Joseph Polite and uh, Gardner Johnson. Uh, Joseph has 87 total tackles. Um, and then uh, Polite is a defensive lineman who has 11 sacks for negative 55 yards. So they've got, yeah, it, it definitely looks like, even though it's playing Florida again, this is a different team. Uh, they're more capable on offense. I mean, both both mm-hmm. Michigan and Florida are quite different from last year. 
Yeah, um, I agree. Because yeah. they both had their struggles and everything. But, uh, yeah, those are some of the Florida players that you're going to be seeing. So. But I think a big difference might be even walking it, you know, into this game is you got Hill and Long that it might be saying, hey, you know what, I don't know where their heart is or where their mind is as far as hitting the NFL. <laughs> you know, it'd be great for them to return next year to probably have one of the best <laughs> secondaries in the country. But, you know, maybe let's say that they are thinking about going into the NFL. And if they are and their heart is to say, yeah, after this Peach Bowl game, we're going to decide what we're going to do. They might want to have that, you know, they might say, hey, you know what? We need a good game. <laughs> we want to come out. We want uh, we got agents that are looking at us from the NFL and see how we're going to do in the bowl game. And they might just play their hearts out um, and try to get a high draft in this and see what they do as far as getting um, you know, evaluated and all this. So I, that's what I would expect if, if they do. Or like you said, if they come back, then they might just say, hey, you know what? This game isn't that important to us. I think that they all are. I think they're actually – I think something – to me, I think these players are going to walk into this game maybe going, I don't want to get hurt. But then I think once adrenaline goes, it's just going to be another game that they want to win. I think it's just something – I think something inside their head just – it clicks. And they say, this is a game I'm going to pull play full out on. So – but uh, that's just me. I've never played before. So that that would be me. I'd want to. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Really, either way, if so if they're leaving, they need a good game, like you were saying, to show people their capabilities. But then also if they're staying, that probably, you know, not, they have nothing to hold back. You know, they, they can yeah. lay it yeah. all, all in the field and right. have a good performance. So, Yep, yep, exactly. So, But, yeah, you know, and if you see a little bit of, you know, Christian Turner in this game and Harbaugh hinted that you're going to see him in this game, you don't have to worry about burning his red shirt because I think he'll be safe there too. So, Yeah. They – okay. What do you think is the most important thing that Michigan needs to capitalize on in this game to win? Is it defense? Is it offense? If so, what part specifically, what do you feel is the most important part for them? Um, just based on what I saw against Ohio State, I would say I'd think Florida and Dan Mullins, I think what they're going to look at is say, hey, you know what, can Franks do what Haskins did to Michigan? Can they get the crossing routes that burned us down in the middle of the field? Do we have – Metellus or Cannell and somebody like that. Michigan's been weak at safety, so is are, is is he going to pick on? Is Frank's going to pick on one or a corner or somebody at that position like they did in the Ohio State game? And that's where I'm wondering. I think the secondary in the Michigan game is going to be key in this, and I think Florida will try to pick on that because they they were so vulnerable against Haskins and their receivers and you saw in that game just picked on um picked on that um uh who was it Watson? who's the guy they're picking on um watson uh forgot his name but um (laughs) what's that watson yeah watson yeah just picking on him because they knew they had a matchup nightmare they had speed against a guy who was slower and so they knew it and 
that's what I'm wondering. That's where I'm looking at for Michigan's past defense to try to lock down and get better. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. So then, um, so that's your biggest thing overall. So then since you were talking defensively, what then on the offense would you say is most important? Uh, Like they need to do this right. Right. Well, I, I, I still think it's just going to be, running the ball. I think it's going to be the very fact that Sig did not be in there. Um, are they, you know, are they going to use different packages for getting Evans out in space? Um, that's what I think is Michigan. If Michigan establishes the run game, they can win this game. Um, but not having Higdon there, but have, using Evans and True Wilson in this game and, and maybe a little bit of Christian Turner and seeing what happens. So, so where are you at on this? Uh, I'm in the same boat, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different perspective with it because as you were saying, Michigan needs to, I think the biggest thing is defense, especially considering how Ohio state ended. Like you were saying, you know, I mean, letting them put up more than 60 points. That's not good. That is not something you want to see. Um, but I'll take it from the different stance of Michigan did not pressure Haskins at all no they have to do that in this game if they do not then you will be seeing something very similar to the ohio state game michigan cannot pressure the quarterback and uh franks has all day he the michigan will lose yeah they cannot afford to do that um but i'll be and you were talking about the secondary and everything i'll take it from the standpoint of you know they need to get pressure on him they need to make him uncomfortable they need to make him move they need to make him have mistakes when uh, in the passing game. Then offensively on the other side, very similar to you're talking about the, uh, the running game needs to have production. I'll, I'm going more from the standpoint of the passing game needs to produce because that is what is yeah. still, I guess, if you want to say 100%, you know, we still have the receivers. You still have the tight ends. You still have Patterson. They need to produce at their highest level to be able to relieve the pressure off of the running game so that they can, so that the running backs can be productive. They don't need to carry the team, but they, they also can't be the ones to carry the team. The passing game needs to be able to produce enough so that the running game is able to open up so that there's a little bit of a balance. They can, you know, attack and have, you know, some, some get good gains on the ground and everything. Cause essentially if the, if the passing game isn't a threat, then they're going to focus more on the running game and they're going to basically essentially shut down the Michigan offense. Right. Well, and that's the thing is you want Florida scared of Shea Patterson. They want to say, Hey, you know what? We're kind of scared of this guy. And that's what Florida needs to be is Shea moving that ball around, you know, and I, I understand having, um, Gentry had a couple drop balls in the Ohio State game that cost, you know, drive drive killers in those games. But, you know, that's the thing is looking for players that are going to step up on offense and on the passing game. Um, Nico Collins obviously obviously did. Um, but uh, I like you said, if they're not afraid of the f- offense firepower and moving the ball and Shea looking downfield, throwing the ball, then 
like you said, then the defense is just going to move up and then stop the run and say, all right, Shea, you're going to have to be. I guess what I want to say is it seems to me like you're even saying maybe a little bit more read option out of Shea like he didn't in Ohio State. I don't think I saw enough. Yeah, um, I think they were a little bit cautious with it, though, yeah. too, because they didn't oh, want to like, risk him. Yeah, so. yeah, it definitely looked like that. It looked like they wouldn't want to risk it. And I think they might have to do it this year in this bowl game is you get some read options that you see a third and five read option out and Jay get that first down like you used to. So, yeah, well, here's something that I think will be very telling, very important with this is. And people have kind of gone on Harbaugh about how he coaches with uh, some of his, different uh tactics they call it they call it kind of old kind of archaic and whatnot but the uh he needs to make adjustments uh, especially because of how the how he's losing players sorry it took me a moment to wrap my mind around that whole thing he's losing players and so now he has to make adjustments like the the way that they've been coaching and playing and everything through the years especially this year and everything about the ground and pound tire out the defense and then attack them and pick them apart and everything. They're not going to be able to do that. They don't have Higdon. Uh, too many pieces are missing. They have to make adjustments. So if he does, if he and the coaching staff don't make appropriate adjustments, then I will start being, because uh, I know that he's a little bit like he has his way of doing things and things like that. And we've seen it through the years and he's made some adjustments and everything. But if he, in this situation, does not make appropriate changes for the personnel that he has because of what he's lost, then that will be kind of a red flag for me where it's just like, man, you, it's, it's got to change somehow, especially, you know, you got to change it in circumstances for who your opponents are and for who your personnel is when you lose players and things like that. So that'll make me, I don't know if I would say more anxious or anxious to see some changes on, okay, who are you going to bring in? How are you going to do this? about making decisions on the offensive play calling and different things like that. Cause we've seen issues with that throughout um, Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan. I mean, it's not, it's not the worst thing, but it's not helping, you know, right. There isn't anything in there that's essentially helping Michigan. It's, it's, it's not their strength. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. And Mullen's a disciple of urban Meyer. So, you know, trust me, he's looked at film and how to expose Michigan on defense. And um, I expect them to come out fast and strong. So, but, um, I, you know, and I really expect Michigan, like you were saying, to be different in this bowl, in this game. I think that because Mullen is going to be ready for what Michigan through at Ohio State the same way. I think Michigan is going to come out like you were talking about and be different and then throw off Florida and not have any any way to combat it. Like, wait, this isn't the Michigan we were used to all year round. I, I expect a faster Michigan team maybe or a, a Michigan team is going to take shots down the field, open up the passing game a little bit more like you were saying and and I think it's going to be different just to throw off a Florida. Yeah, I, I hope so. What do they have to lose? They don't have anything to lose. Yeah, I mean, there's you, you. The only thing you have to lose is the game. Like that's it. There's <laughs> right. no like, 
there's no conference championship. There's no trip to the playoffs or anything. Right. It's just like this game is win or lose. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And to say, hey, we won our bowl game. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, essentially you're missing out on the uh, 11, the potential of an 11 win season. Right. Yeah. I agree, uh, man. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, should be. So, all right. Um, let's look here. Uh, let's go into. We'll do the. Oh uh, man, it's been a while. I'm trying to find the right button. Here we go. All right. So we got our lock. Or not locked up. Uh, let's find our game locks of the week. Yeah. Uh, cause we've, so we'll do the big 10 bowl games that are left, uh, today, Minnesota played and beat Georgia tech 34 to 10. Uh, but we still have ones, uh, several remaining that we can, pick, uh, choose for our locks. Uh, tomorrow, Wisconsin is playing Miami at five fifteen Eastern Miami is favored by two and a half in the pinstripe bowl Friday. Purdue's playing Auburn in the music city bowl and Auburn is favored by three points. That's a one thirty Eastern kickoff time. Then on Monday, the 31st Michigan state is playing Oregon in the bread box bowl where Oregon is favored by three points. And later that uh, that's at three o'clock later that day at seven o'clock Northwestern is playing Utah number 22 against 17 and Utah is favored by seven and a half points in the holiday bowl. Iowa is playing number 18, Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl, where Mississippi State is a seven-point favorite. The Citrus Bowl features number 12, Penn State, versus number 14, Kentucky, where Penn State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And the Rose Bowl is number six, Ohio State, versus number nine, Washington, with the Buckeyes being a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Craig, what would be your lock? Well... Obviously, I think I would probably pick Ohio State. I think they're just going to be better than Georgia. I mean, Washington. Um, I think Washington has had good games this year, but struggling. They have a pretty good quarterback, but not like Haskins. But, um, you know, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Red Box ball. I'm going to stick with Oregon beating Michigan State because of the very fact that I believe Oregon's quarterback is coming back next year when he could have went into the draft. So that's big news for Oregon. Um, so I'm going to take Oregon with the points. Okay. So, yeah. All right. And I don't like Michigan state. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time. Um, I, I don't think Wisconsin was really Wisconsin usually does do well in the postseason, though. Um, yeah, they do. Purdue has just been way too unpredictable. I don't really even want to touch that one. Northwestern, I yeah, I ain't touching that one. Yeah, I mean, I like um, Fitzgerald, and I think he'll have him ready, but that's I feel like is a risk. I was stupid because I want to pick them, but they're always like all over the place. <laughs> oh man, so oh, I don't really know the situation with this. I don't know who if Penn State's really missing anyone, but I think Kentucky's been overrated, so I'm gonna take Penn State. You got a good running back. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and take them covering the six and a half over Kentucky. So, 
So Penn State wins over Kentucky by more than six and a half points. Yeah. That's what I'll take. Cool. So right. those are the locks for the week. Oh, and actually, maybe I did it out of order, but now we have the locker dump it uh, segment for us where we do our crazy questions. Well, not crazy questions, but we do our questions and then we either lock it or dump it. We've got some decent ones here uh, this week for the bowl game. So with all the interesting stuff with uh, Higdon not playing and uh, things of that nature, our first locker dump it. Chris Evans will be the leading rusher for Michigan. Locker or dump it, Craig? I'm going to dump it because I think True Wilson will. Okay, so dumping it. Oh, man, you suck. Um, I, I'm, I'm in search for trying to catch up to you because I think you're beating me by like six points or something. So I'm basically going opposite of you. And so I will lock that. Not the, yeah. not the biggest fan of it, but I definitely see it as a possibility. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, next one is Michigan will get a non-offensive score. So we're talking about, you know, defense, special teams, anything of that nature. Craig, lock or dump? Uh, I'll dump that. Craig is just a hater this week. <laughs> So, uh, all right. Well, I that then, like I said, I'm uh, basically I'm picking opposite of you in hopes, crossing my fingers. I'll lock it. Even if I win everything, get everything right this week, I don't think I could beat you. So odds are highly against me. Um, But I think the best chance that Michigan has would be a uh, punt return or kick return. Um, Yeah. For that. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll pin them back deep and get a fumble or something like that. Who knows? We'll see. So. Uh, the last one, though, uh, an interesting one. I like this. Oh, I, di- I didn't share this in the numbers, I guess. Sorry. Um, so currently, the leading receivers for Michigan are, in this order, Collins, Donovan, Peoples-Jones, and Gentry. Um, Collins and Donovan, Peoples-Jones are both over 500 yards. Collins actually has 552, while DPJ has 541. So 11 yard difference here is the last one so currently in second place for yards dpj will finish the season with more yards than nico collins lock it or dump it i'll dump that okay so you're essentially going to say uh that nico collins is going to have a better game than people's jones yep Okay, well, I, as I already said, will go opposite you. I will lock it and cross my fingers, hope to die. Let's let's get this. Help me out, DPJ. Help me out. So, okay, which then brings us to to the end. Yeah. It's that time of the show where yeah. you, you've got to speak the truth, Craig. Yep. You got you got to preach. So I'll let you go this week. Uh, this uh, I'll let you go first this week. Wow, I can't speak. Uh, Michigan again favored by six points against Florida. Over under is fifty and a half. Tell us your thoughts. Well, I think this is a, I think this is an important game for Jim Harbaugh. This bowl game to win it. I think you and I know that. I think he knows that. 
Um, I know maybe the Michigan fans think this is meaningless. I don't. I think this. I think Jim Harbaugh wants to crush Florida in this game. I think they want to come off on a big note. Uh, I think extremely important. Even though, does it get in you anything? No. Does it? It just gives you bragging rights with the other Big Ten teams saying, "Hey, we won our game." Did you? And I think Jim Harbaugh is gonna. And I think he's going to mix it up a little bit. I think Jim Harbaugh is probably going to open up the playbook a little bit. I know we said that, but I think maybe this time they will. Shea's going to be there, Patterson. Um, I, I think they just have to because of Higdon being out. It's huge to me. So I think you're going to see a little bit more passes in the flats to uh, Evans, you know, side to side, getting him him open like they did, he did in Ohio State. He did some really good stuff there. Um, I thought that was huge. Um, and I think they're going to take some shots downfield because Nico Collins is such a matchup nightmare. And then when they start focusing on him, then you got Peoples Jones doing well. But uh, I think you're going to see Shea doing some read option a little bit more than before because the, to win this bowl game is important. And I think Michigan wins it. But I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but I think Michigan pulls it out 27-17. to 17. Oh, you, you are such a freaking idiot. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, fine. Fine. Be that way. Uh, well, I, I don't have the exact same thing, but it, you're, we're ridiculously close. So um, I do agree with you. I think that Michigan needs to essentially throw everything at them, including the kitchen sink. They need to uh, pull some stuff out, you know, trick plays, or at least, you know, throw something that they haven't seen out there because uh, they're a little bit in a hole because they're the players that they're missing. Like I said, it looks like Florida is going to be at full strength and Michigan is going to be missing a few key people. Uh, So I, I'm one of those things is I want to see the passing game open up. That's the thing that Michigan's passing offense is not ranked very high. But part of that being is that uh, Harbaugh has always leaned on the defense and wants to do that ground to pound stuff. And then eventually they get uh, the lead and then they don't need a pass. So they just run all over the place. Uh, Patterson, I think is more than capable. I just hope that they have the right plays and that they, the offensive line is able to protect him long enough to give him time. We'll see how that goes as uh, what was it? Both teams come in with very high ranked passing defenses, Michigan two, Florida 10. Um, I agree with you. I think this is big. I think that they, uh, the team needs to win this. I think Harbaugh needs to win this. Yep. Um, and, you know, Winovich is back. Uh, everybody hated how last year ended. And they hated, I mean, you know, players just hate losing. So, I mean, I have Michigan winning this. I kind of feel like there's more of a chance of this game being not necessarily a blowout, but you know, a team winning by two touchdowns or more than it is being a close game. But I'm going to kind of hang out in the middle. I'm actually going to be putting it as an 11 point game with my score, which I had typed up before we started recording, before Craig opened his big mouth. (laughs) And my final score is Michigan 27, Florida 16. Oh, nice. So like we are both right there. Right. Bonus bonus point awarded to if one of us happens to land directly on the score, which would be kind of crazy to think. Right. Yep. 
crazy yep there we go man yep so that's that's that this is our last preview episode for the 2018 season yeah went fast yeah it did go by fast and i don't know this might be the last episode i we haven't decided exactly when we'll be recording um I have a feeling that we might, uh, well, wait, cause is New Year's day on Monday or is it? No, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Okay. So we'll probably be, I, I anticipate we'll probably record Sunday night or Monday night. So yeah, we'll probably have one more episode before New Year's. Right. Um, so for, forget you guys. I'm not going to wish you happy New Year's then. Screw that. Year in review. Yeah. You, you guys have to wait until the next episode for that. Yep. So. Which, speaking of which, interestingly enough, I noticed that on the uh, ESPN website, uh, Cal and TCU just went into overtime. Oh, man. So, seven to seven. Wasn't Huge T- offensive game six, right there. Yeah. The TCU six and six. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You should, be in a, should you even be in a bowl game if you just barely at 500? Come on. Oh, no. They put, um, they put Minnesota in, I think, because of. Uh, yeah how they beat Wisconsin at the end and all that. And of course, you know, with, uh, hey, it was good his... to see them win. They won yeah. good, big. Why yeah. can't I think of, what's the coach? Fleck. Fleck. They probably yep. want, they probably wanted him to they rode that boat, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think, um, I think that's all she wrote. Yep. That's all she wrote. Let's go. Let's go big 10. Uh, let's go Michigan. Let's see how things go. Get it. Hopeful, optimistic. We'll be watching that game. If you guys have thoughts or anything, feel free to give us a call afterwards. Uh, and then uh, you guys all have a good week. Safe travels. Happy holidays. And until next time, go blue. Go blue.